The Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesar Rewards. Must be 21 or older. Welcome back to the Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny, the only NFL podcast where one of the hosts thinks a naked boot sounds absolutely delicious. That's Lenny, who's eaten about 20 of my shoes in his lifetime. I'm Mina Kimes, and I am joined, as always on Tuesday, by the one and only Dominique Foxworth. Dominique, welcome back to the show. What's up, buddy? Thanks for having me back. I keep thinking you're going to cancel on me one of these times, but... Really? When's my invite to your podcast? By the way, for those who don't know, Dominique has an excellent podcast, the Dominique Foxworth Show. Um, I don't know. Like, I... I have an enormous ego, and I refuse to share my stage with anyone. It's just me, (laughs) spitting my hot takes all the time from Jacoby's basement. I know what that says about Charlie, who's actually on the podcast, but... um, Listen... I, last night, last yesterday afternoon, when I was looking ahead to Monday night and thinking about talking about it to you, I was filled with dread. I actually thought about like coming up with, eh, we should like spit it forward, maybe even talk about Thursday night. But Dominique, I was dead wrong because we were rewarded with not only like an interesting game, but a game where I think like a lot of storylines emerged from, and I thoroughly enjoyed Monday's game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we got quarterback controversies. We got uh, another offense figuring out for the first time that their quarterback's a pretty good athlete, and that's a good thing to build around. <laughs> got uh, Brisker getting kicked in the goods and then intercepting the ball. Like, it was just a lot of fun out there. We got Bill Belichick barely opening his mouth and letting small, tiny words come out that don't mean anything. It's magical. Uh, where do you want to start with the quarterback controversy in New England or Justin Fields having one of the best games of his career? Are you, you want to be the devil or the angel today? Ah, oh, man, devil me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So let's go quarterback controversy first. I want okay. to go to the bad stuff. So, uh, just to recap for anyone who didn't, well, there's a lot outside of the game that has to, you know, I think is relevant to this. Um, it was a game time decision whether or not the Patriots would start Patriots would start Mac Jones, who had coming off of a multi-week absence with an ankle injury, or Bailey Zappi, who had obviously won a couple of games. You know how I feel about quarterback wins. He's a pretty good poster child for that, actually. Um, so it goes out to the last second. Patriots come out. They are starting Mac Jones. And Mac Jones has a couple underwhelming series throws an interception. He is pulled. Bailey Zappi comes in. Bailey Zappi has a couple of good series and then is not good the rest of the game. Uh, So I think, you know, most people, eh, most observers of the game would think, well, Mac Jones was benched. Not so, says Bill Belichick, who says after that this was all part of the plan. And then he's asked to name the starter. He does not name a starter. Uh, several Patriots, Mac Jones says he knew about the plan. Bailey Zappi does not know about the plan. Several Patriots did not know about the plan. Dominique, let's start here. If this is any other coach, they would be ridiculed. Am I wrong? Absolutely. And Bill Belichick deserves it, too. Um, it, it seems absurd to me. I mean, I guess it, it just speaks to him trying to be secretive, I guess. Because they're, they are not different style quarterbacks. So the idea, so the argument for the two quarterback system would be like one brings something that the other doesn't, which is normally like a running ability. Neither of them falls into that category. The other argument that they kind of put out there was Mac Jones was healthy enough to start the game, right. but they didn't think he was going to be healthy enough to finish the game, which I think is the most absurd thing I've ever heard. Who's ever entered a game like, hey, 
This guy's good enough to to play, but we're not expecting him to finish. <laughs> what the hell type of nonsense is that? He also had an ankle injury and he was running around just fine. So he right. immediately disproved, yeah. I think, that being a concern pretty quickly. So what it suggests to me is that Bill Belichick is very interested in seeing where this Bailey Zappy thing is going to take him. But he didn't want to give anybody any headlines or anything to talk about and say we have a quarterback controversy he has not stopped us because <laughs> i've been talking about this quarter quarterback controversy all damn day and i will keep talking about it until it's settled and like i think the i don't know i guess um i want to hear what you have to say about it and also what direction you would go going forward well look bill belichick loves competition this is something they do with other positions hell he did it with his own offensive coordinators during this summer um but i think my take dominique is Quarterback's not a position where you do that, um, right. especially when you have young quarterbacks. And I, what, what what surprised me, I said this in my first take a little bit about it, was, um, you know, last summer, you remember when they cut Cam Newton during the offseason, people were surprised because, if nothing else, Cam Newton was a, probably one of the better backups in the league, right? You don't cut a very good backup who you're not paying a ton of money. But the Patriots did that after drafting Mac Jones because they wanted Mac Jones to be the unequivocal starter. It was a locker room thing. Short answer, Cam Newton's too cool. So they did it. (laughs) And honestly, in retrospect, makes sense, right? So you go from that where you're kind of gingerly managing the psychology of your quarterback and your locker room dynamics to this where it's literally the opposite. You're treating your quarterback room almost like a bullpen It's not something that happens in the NFL um, for a reason, which is, you know, not forget the mental side and whether Mac Jones is mentally tough enough to deal with this. At some point, you have to commit to a young quarterback because you want to develop him. Mac Jones has struggled this season. He has clearly regressed when it comes to his decision making under pressure, most notably. I think probably the offensive coordinator thing has something to do with that. The worst thing to me in my mind would be to just go back and forth between these guys when both of them need as many reps as possible. Yeah, I don't get it from a strategic standpoint. Um, Maybe he thinks he's going to rekindle some Tom Brady magic with Bailey Zappi and they're just going to go off and roll off a bunch of wins and win the Super Bowl. I don't think this defense is that good, but uh, we'll see. But yeah, I I hadn't even considered the psychological impact, which I think is it's it's important. I tend to think like they can fight through whatever mental adversity there is. It's not that uh, substantial, but it's not just that. even if that is going to impact them, it's also the reps thing is quarterbacks need to practice. (laughs) They need to practice and they need to play to get better. And while these quarterbacks are pretty similar, there are things, I'm sure there are things that either of them, each of them is better at. And those are things that you need to major in and those things that you need to be practicing to make sure everyone else on the offense uh, is comfortable doing those things. And so like, it seems like you're, you're uh, setting yourself up for some challenges when even the way that they want to play is not a quarterback centric style. So why would you be putting? Yeah, it just I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. That's the, the bottom line. Also, when Jones came in, um, you didn't see as much of the like under center play action in which Zappy had been thriving and things had looked so easy for him, which I perplexed me you saw it a little bit and then zabby comes in and of course immediately he gets the most wide 
open touchdown off of leak to Jacoby Myers. He almost misses him, but it, it looked like it had the last two games, which is, oh, everything's kind of easy for this guy. He's well protected. Um, defense is just selling out against the run. Then as the game went on and they fell behind, he couldn't do that anymore. And you saw, I think, his limitations as a passer. And ultimately, I don't think like there's a huge delta between him and the version of Jones that we're seeing. But with either of these guys... Um, you know, one has to be better than what we've seen. And I don't think one is going to be better via this, whatever the hell it is. That's all. <laughs> is, yeah. I mean, do you think you know where um, Mac Jones's ceiling is? I think that's the real question that would help me decide where to go. And I kind of feel like I do, which is why I would lean more to see, see what the zap man's got, <laughs> but maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Last year when, when Jones was playing well, somebody, I can't remember who it is, said to me they thought his ceiling might be like a Philip Rivers, which I thought was Ooh, plausible. High. Yeah. The problem is, you know, when you are accurate, but you don't have the strongest arm, um, you have to make good decisions. Like that is literally your calling card. Yeah. So for him to be struggling in that area, it really constricts what he and this offense are capable of. Zappy, um, you know, I... It, I don't know, man. Like, I don't think he has the strongest arm either, candidly. Yeah, it um, doesn't seem like it. So it's it's not, I don't know, it's not a great situation. <laughs> yeah, it's like the same thing. Yeah, they're just, uh, yeah, just going to platoon two Espe- mediocre it, well, quarterbacks. Especially when on the other side you have a quarterback who's really struggled, but who the, the ceiling is so obviously dramatically higher. And maybe yeah. that's a good way to transition to talking about Justin Fields and what he did because – uh, it was really fun to watch. I'll just start there. Like I really enjoyed watching the Bears. It looked like an entirely different team. Like yeah. they they seemed confident. They seemed uh, organized, which I know sounds dumb, but like it was just a, a a deliberate nature to the way that they were playing offensively. They're playing really well on defense, also, but just their offense seemed like they knew what they want to do. I guess that's more it than anything. Is like they came into this game knowing that they had an advantage somewhere. We are going to do design quarterback runs. That's going to work. We know it's going to work because because we have a great athlete at quarterback and we have some plays that we think are going to work. And once they started doing that, every and this is just like it's football 101 that I think sometimes uh, coaches start to outthink themselves. But the way I understand offense and defense too, frankly, is like, you need to have a cornerstone, something that you like know that you can trust. And if you have a really great defensive line, then that takes pressure off of everybody else. You have really great corners, then you can roll the coverage elsewhere. You can load the box to stop the run. And on offense, it's like if you can run the ball really well, you can build off of that. Like if you run a sweep, and you keep running a sweep till they stop it. Once they stop it, you then run a reverse. And once they stop that, then you go play. Like, just build off of it. And it seemed to me that they were like, you know what? Today, we are going to do design quarterback runs. It's going to (laughs) work. They're going to compromise themselves in order to stop it. And then we're going to do other stuff that's going to work based on the compromises that they put themselves in. That's all. I was going to make, well, first of all, I big up the Patriots defense last week. Woof. Huge mistake. Um, top yeah. to bottom, I thought, I mean, the secondary looked out, out of sorts, who I'd been praising. Um, 
I, you know, the Judon did some things, but for the most part, the pass rush wasn't there. But I was going to make them fun of them in particular for seemingly like totally unprepared for all of the Justin Fields run concepts, except for the fact that prior to this game, <laughs> Justin <laughs> Fields had never carried the ball more than five times. This was in our stats packet. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, yeah that's crazy. How? I think in his. I, I, I forgot on get up this morning. I, I don't remember the exact stat, but it was like in the first six games, I think he had like 13 design runs and he had 12 last night. 12. It was something like that. It was, yeah, and, I mean, yeah. to say nothing of his scrambles, which were obviously magical. And like, you know, I, I tweeted about this, but they had some sky cam action. When you saw mm-hmm. the sky cam, I thought it was really in some games, sky cam is like a little bit annoying if you're trying to, if you're, trying to keep track of actually what's happening on the field, honestly, and like from a down a distance perspective. But what it lets you do is you see how hard football is. And my, like you see what blocking is and what, yeah. you know, how hard it is to play quarterback. And for me, it was like, oh my God, he's so big and so fast. And that was yeah. really highlighted from the behind view every time he took off. Um, you know, I, it's just, it reminded me a little bit, you talked about like just spamming it until it stops working. And it reminded me a little bit of the Giants. Um, conceptually, right? Like it was not a complicated offense, even that some of the particular runs they were, you know, it was a mixture of zone read. You talked about the sweeps. It it was the same we've seen Daniel Jones succeeding with the difference is Justin Fields is an even better athlete. Um, and so of course it, I mean, of course it worked, but like, it's just shocking that it's taken them this long to lean into it. He also, by the way, was absolutely fantastic throwing on the move. It felt like every time he booted out whatever direction he had an open receiver um, and, and the ball placement was there too. It was just like, this is the formula Chicago. It works. You know, like I, I, I it just seems unfathomable. It's so encouraging to, me. to see that. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's so encouraging to see that for a full game and against a yeah. defense that we, that we believe is good. It's, it's, it's impressive and it makes you feel like, it's all you need is a game like that to like be all in. I don't know if people were on the fence about Fields. It'd be reasonable to not know how to feel about him given last year and what's happened so far this season. But when you see him do that yesterday, it's like uh, how can you not be excited about the opportunity and and understand that he don't even got the parts. Like they don't even have yeah. the parts yet. And once you get that at a receiver who they can get him a number a true number one receiver and uh, upgrades to the offensive line and to the defense like this is a team that could be well-positioned to own their division with this quarterback. And it's like, okay, this is the base, right? Like, so the base, the offense is not particularly complicated. But when you have that to where you can actually start stringing together drives and, and converting on third downs, you can build on it, and he can start actually growing as a quarterback. There was the – um the screen to Herbert versus cover zero where he kind of sidearmed oh, it, you know, and like, I was like, Oh God, that's great. Like that's like, you know, all the, the, the throwing on the move, the, the design runs, that's the foundation. And then you start adding on, okay. Like he's, you know, becoming better against the blitz and he's becoming, you know, a good decision maker and he's going through his reads on this throw. And it doesn't have to be the whole game, but you just start adding like layering on development and it looks great. I mean, the, the the bears freaking they bullied the pats up front the run blocking was shockingly good but also a huge part of the reason why the backs were able to get so many yards before contact was because of 
Fields running, shocking, right? I mean, yeah. eh. So let me ask you this. Does this give you, like, do you think the Bears, I don't know, are going to be relevant now? Or is this is that an overreaction? Um, I, I, I'm not ready to go that far. They're much better than I anticipated. Um, it was a lot of pressure on Justin Fields to create offense for them. And that's the thing that I feel like you need to do more than anything for young quarterbacks is find ways to take pressure off of them. And that gives them time to develop into the, I don't know, Josh Allen's or whatever. If, if that's their ceiling, you got to give them that time to do that. I think that Justin Fields is capable of doing this a couple more times this year, but I don't see the recipe for taking pressure off of him. And I don't think that he's going to be able to do this um, enough times this year for them to be relevant. And I guess I should look at their schedule to see what other offenses they're going to be going up against. But yeah. uh, this, this Pat's offense wasn't good. It's not, was not great. Yeah. And you know, I think like thinking about the Bears in the long view, games like this are just very encouraging because you feel like you have a head coach and offensive coordinator who are, you know, understanding um, your quarterback. You start seeing there's like a little bit of a young core forming, of course, on defense, guys like Jaquan Brisker, you know, you, you see uh, Kyler Gordon, the draft picks are starting to hit a little bit. And then you go into next season where it's like, okay, even if you don't make the playoffs and Maybe the offense is still just average on the whole in terms of the efficiency. And there are games where it doesn't look great. Suddenly you have an outrageous amount of cap space, which they do have next year. You yeah. got your draft picks. Finally, you, you can start actually building. So the fact that we were worried that this would be a disastrous year for fields where it would actually yep. like set back his development. And if that, if, if that's averted, you really, then you're in a good position to rebuild. You're a good friend. <laughs> my um, my dad used to tell me this when I was young. Is like uh, with my mom, or there was something wrong, like she was shopping too much or something. He would always say, "We." <laughs> like, we it's like hey, we, we really need to like uh, control our spending this month. You just pulled the we with um, being concerned about Justin Fields because I was the one who was very concerned about Justin Fields and said that he should force his way out because they were <laughs> they were going to ruin him. And it appears that I was right until yesterday. <laughs> what, are your, what are your mentions like yesterday? Um, I don't know. I don't even think I got on Twitter yesterday. I'll check them now while you check filibuster him, him. for me. Show me, send me, read me the best angry tweet that was sent to you okay. while I will say on the flip side, I don't think it's an overreaction to be very worried about the development of Mac Jones and what yesterday meant for him. And look, um, Bill Belichick, you know, I'm not, he's done a lot of things right this year. Obviously their defense, you know, they were missing pieces in the secondary, all of that. But I do think like the original sin of not having a real offensive coordinator is potentially going to bite them, especially in the second half of the season. And I'd, I'd be worried. Uh, it's just people mocking me for a right off season, Foxworth. Uh, that's that sort of stuff. There, see, this is the problem I had with it. It's like nobody's really that funny or creative. Like, I don't mind. Like, don't waste my time. Like, I, I know I was wrong. Telling me I was wrong isn't fun. Like, Give me a gif. Right. Make Air me chuckle. Fans, before we take a break, if you're listening, yeah. please come up with a creative 
insult of Dominique Foxworth. And I will read the most creative one. Whenever I tweet this podcast out, put it in the replies if you're a Bears fan. Um, All right, let's take a quick break and talk about some old dudes. All right, people, we are brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. See, it's not just about the daily promos, odds boosts, or the hundreds of ways to wager. It's about the immortal words of Caesar himself. You bet, you get with Caesar's rewards. Every bet you place on the app, no matter the outcome, earns towards exclusive perks at Caesar's rewards destinations everywhere. Hotel stays, concert tickets, bonuses, and more. Download the Caesars Sportsbook app, become a Caesars Rewards member today, and get more with every wager. Must be 21 years or older to gamble. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-522-4700. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. And I have to say, speaking from experience recently, having tried it for the first time in Detroit, it is absolutely delicious. Right now, you can get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. All of our woofs were in the same family. The aforementioned old men. We're going to put the woofs, woofs in the middle. I'll start with my winner, if that's okay, and then we'll end with your winner. Okay. My winner is the Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver group. This is kind of a continuation on something we've been talking about be the spot. You know, I like to have there be like a little bit of a through line through these podcasts. Mm-hmm. And I had expressed concerns about the receivers, the lack of separation, how they were holding up, hold up versus man coverage in the San Francisco 49ers game. First of all, the chiefs offense as a whole was an absolute buzzsaw against yeah. a good San Francisco 49ers <laughs> defense. Um, I, I, I saw uh, football outsider said it was like the highest DBOA game in like years because of the quality of opponent Jeez. and what they did. They were averaging like nearly, I mean, it was just insane, but I wanted to single out the wide receivers because I thought, you know, obviously Patrick was great. Patrick Mahomes was great, but you actually had all of them making plays and really like, it was kind of the vision. I think people had in mind when they put this group together where you had MBS stretching the field. I think, let me wrote it down. He had two goal balls for 71 yards and one post for 40. You had Nico Hardman <laughs> stretching the field horizontally. Um, the Niners had no answer for those jet sweeps. In fact, the jet sweeps were perfect because the Niner, they took advantage of the Niners over aggression. Literally every time you had, whether it was Nick Bosa or Ebukam or whatever, an edge of like just in the backfield going, no, as Nico Hardman ran by. <laughs> And then uh, underneath, of course, Kelsey's great. But then you had Juju, who was once yeah. again just absolutely perfect, catching all of his targets. And Dominique, those um, the back shoulder fades to Juju, watching them. 
uh, brought me back to another thing we were talking about, which is the man coverage struggles. Which So yeah. you have these receivers separating, but then you also have a receiver in Juju who can catch everything thrown his way. And suddenly, by the, like every defense that's played the Chiefs, the Niners did bump up their man coverage in this game. They don't usually play a lot of man at all. Uh, so, you know, it'd been a struggle for the Chiefs at times this year. In this game, uh, first in the NFL in EPA per attempt versus man <laughs> coverage, Patrick Mahomes with a QBR of 95. So, sorry, yeah. the season's I mean, over. The Chiefs won again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, if they're able to do that, and I guess the, <clears throat> excuse me, your point about them not playing a lot of man coverage Maybe they aren't that great at man coverage, so a team who's a little bit more accustomed yeah. to it might give them a, a tougher time. But it looks scary. It looks scary again. It's. I mean, it was. I'm it was scared. not scary for a couple of weeks. Even though in those weeks they oh, still were the best offense in football, um, they were looking a little not scary because we all miss Tyreek Hill, the what he brought to that offense, and they do more than anyone. But yeah, it's. They're good. They're really good. And I think I mentioned last time we were talking about this and I was arguing about the number one, their need for a number one receiver. Um, I think I kind of suggested that this was like a, not a rebuilding year, but this was like a year that they were going to like take a slight step back and next by next year, they would address all those things. I was wrong. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, it was, it was crazy. Crazy talk. Like, this is not the best version of the Chiefs offense, no matter what the numbers suggest. But that on that day, that was the best version of the Chiefs offense. I'm so mad at Juju Smith-Schuster for waiting a year to sign with the Chiefs because <laughs> he wasted all of our time going back yeah. to the Steelers last year. And I do think it would have been so helpful for this offense against, you know, those the cover, the too high last year because he really provides a facet that's been missing, you know, his um, toughness over the middle of the field, the contested catches, the yards after the catch, it's a good blocker. Like it, it, it really felt feels like he was kind of the missing piece. Um, yeah. You know, he's not going to change the game, obviously the way a Tyree kill will. Um, but I just think in terms of like complimentary football and what he does with the answer he gives them versus specific looks is incredibly valuable. And yeah, I mean, geez. I think his value, his value is re really comes when you're playing, when you have that deep threat, because that's yeah. what happened last year. It's like, they were trying to take away the Tyree kill stuff and they didn't have a juju underneath to mm -hmm. address that. And now, uh, we weren't sure that they had the deep balls, uh, because Tyreek was gone, but yeah, MBS is, <laughs> is Dude, catching them in this game. If that yeah. back shoulder connection too oh, is yeah, there, ridiculous. like yeah, that's not fair. I hate the back shoulder fate. It's good so night. Fun. Can you explain Disgusting. why you hate it? Because I, from a DB's um, perspective, I, I think people yeah, might sure. be interested. Um, I've actually seen a lot of corners in recent years like play a more side saddle technique that helps them to defend both the back shoulder and the go. But the reason why you hate it is when someone is running straight, the receiver's running straight. You're you're next to him. And your assumption is they're going deep. So you turn on the speed as much as you can because you're like, all right, I'm going to beat you to this deep ball. And then they throw it like just behind your head and it's just enough time for them to stop and adjust. And you're still like trying to run down this deep ball and you're adjusting and reacting to them and the ball gets there at, 
at that exact time, it's kind of impossible to cover. But like I mentioned, a lot of guys now are playing like with their chest to the sideline. And it just like, it seems really hard to run fast enough to keep up if they're going to mm-hmm. run a go like that. But it's a lot easier to to cover the back shoulder. I saw um, Sauce did it a bunch of times really well against Cortland Sutton, which like, I I don't know. I don't have, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, a, I couldn't think like that. And I don't know how these young corners do. That's where it's like, say, all right, yeah, he, he's. It's he's, like it's go time. Let's run. It's fearlessness, you know, just total fearlessness. Yeah. The way he, play. I mean, um, we should I'm talk scared. about him at some point. By the way, oh what yeah, a, I did a, a little, I did a little, I did a little sauce deep dive uh, last or this weekend just because I wanted to. I'd seen so many highlights, I just wanted to watch it, and I was surprised at what he was good at because I had just assumed I knew he was good, but I just assumed big, long armed corner is going to be like a press man guy and that's it's not where his best um contributions have come at all he was really underrated in zone coverage in college yeah, but so- we should actually at a sometime i'd love to have a conversation with you about the the rookies we should probably wait until there's more tape but like the rookie corners versus all of the other defensive positions i mean maybe it's just a small sample size but you know you're looking across rounds you're seeing guys you know taken in later rounds as well <clears throat> Seattle, who are playing really well and it, it it they seem to be having much more success than the edge rushers certainly the young linebackers yeah. it, it's kind of interesting to me yeah no nah, i would love to have that conversation i also want to talk about Definitely. like the development of the position too because yeah. I, I feel like it's been a long time uh, around the time when uh, I was in the league, they, we started to be more pass focused and change a lot of the rules. And it feels like a lot of these corners that are just getting to the league now, like grew up understanding what was expected of them and have developed skills and and body types to allow them to play the game. And I think we are entering a period where corners, we, like you know, like for the last fifteen years, it felt like every team had needed corners every year in the draft. It was safe to say, you know what they need? Corners. Because nobody could play <laughs> corner in the league the way that they were asking to play. But we're finally getting to a point where these guys are figuring it out. And that means they're <laughs> going to change the rules again. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All of our losers, woofs, pardon me, are older quarterbacks. I mean, yep. a Brady, Rodgers, Matt Ryan. Uh, let's talk about Matt Ryan first. Obviously, it is your pick in the news. Another one where he was like benched, but then he wasn't benched. What's going on these days with quarterbacks? Because uh, he had like a shoulder sprain, but he was very clearly benched because Frank Wright came out and said Sam Ellinger is going to be their starting quarterback for the rest of the season, which is a benching. Um, so Matt Ryan, man, go. Yeah. A so, requiem, an obituary. <laughs> yeah, that's, your, that's your man's. I know. <laughs> I'll, a, I'll say my Matt, piece after you. <laughs> Matt Ryan Hive solo. Um, so Jim Ursay was apparently the the impetus to this move. He's known yeah. for running quarterbacks out of town. He did the same thing with Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan. So I think I stumbled onto a new theory, I believe, because last year we had all these – not last year, but last two years we had quarterbacks move to new teams. Those teams win the Super Bowl. Copycat league, everyone's like, yeah, we're just a quarterback away. We're going to do the same thing. But if you think about the quarterbacks that kind of had that success, they either had like really like refined offensive philosophies and understandings of offense or went to a place where they also where they had it. So like I think of Peyton Manning 
where he just lifts up his offense and moves it out to Denver. Tom Brady, obviously, he understands football to a different degree. Um, and Matt Stafford went out there to go with McVay, who had a vision for what it is that he wanted to do. And I think that's what's missing with a lot of these quarterbacks that are moving. Mm. So like Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson was in a system that we all thought the system was holding him back. So then he was like, all right, well, I'm going to go out here and do something else, something new. And he goes to an unproven um, head coach without any offense, and he's installing his offense or mixing offense, and then this happens. The same happens with Matt Ryan. It's like his best year with um, Shanahan, a great offensive mind. You drop in there, and you just add water. It's supposed to be all right. Nope. Same with Carson Wentz, which I guess Carson Wentz is – He's two stop failures at this point. But this, that's my working theory for um, the the quarterback away trades is why they do or don't work is because you need to have a clear, coherent view of what the offense is going to be, and it doesn't feel like we get that in all situations. Yeah, I, you know, just the surroundings. In the quarterbacks you've mentioned where the mobility led to success – I, I do think that you're right about the system, but I also think that their surroundings mattered a great deal. I mean, if it was Stafford, for example, um, you know, when he, the Rams offensive line was one of the best in football last year. Yeah. They had all those playmakers. They had OBJ. And actually that system, you, as you remember, McVay actually changed it as the year went on and yeah. tailored it more to Stafford, but it was a great destination. So Matt, look, I am a Stan. However, I am also a realist, and I will acknowledge that Matt Ryan has not played well this year. His arm looks weaker than it did last year. That said, my man's was sold a lie. <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was. So I always check TripAdvisor when I book a hotel. And sometimes when you look at the pictures and you'll see the um, photos of the hotel rooms, sometimes it looks so great. And then when you show up, it's trash. And you realize you yeah. were looking at the pictures taken by the hotel and not by the travelers. You got to look at the exactly. traveler take, taking photos. So <laughs> the, the photos he saw were of a perfect offensive line all the time in the world. Incredible run game. He shows up and, you know, there's a roach on the bed. The, <laughs> the blinds don't close all the way. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan, feel- Jonathan Taylor didn't show up. <laughs> Oh, oh, the air man. conditioning's really loud. <laughs> Clatters all night, you know. So, That's anyways, bad, I, he deserves some of the blame, but it was tough. And and moving forward, Alger, I I said this on live. He's he's a he's a real college quarterback, you know. He's not the strongest arm, decent athleticism. I do think his athleticism will help the run game a bit. Um, that's, but, I mean, that's the reason, right? That's the reason why they're bringing him in is because their offensive line. I mean, I think that's yeah. the logic behind I think it. That is like it. His athleticism yeah. will give them a dynamic that'll help this team out. But it's, totally. it's Andrew Luck situation, man. They can't get up from under it. Like, remember when Chris Ballard was like everybody's darling GM? And gonna, now I don't know it's falling it's apart. Just, I don't think he survives. Well, I hate making predictions yeah. about that, but it's not looking good for him or Reich. Okay, let me ask you a question about Brady and Rodgers because mm-hmm. we're going to talk about them together now. Who do you think is more likely to turn it around? That's such a, a ESPN yeah. TV question. <laughs> it is. Um, I think Brady. Me too. Me too. Okay. No, me too. We're at the yeah, same uh, yeah. I mean, they, they have more time uh, given their division issues. Um, and they have a defense that we know is capable of being really good. 
Um, the Packers defense has a lot of talent, but we've never seen them be really good. Uh, <laughs> and and they, it's a modern game where passing is the most important thing. They do have receivers who are also really good. Interior of the offensive line and the run game are problems that potentially you can find ways to work around. The Packers' offensive problems, I think, are more difficult to work around. And their defense is just like, it's the sum of its parts is less than the the value of each of their individual parts. So, like, I don't believe they're going to just suddenly start playing uh, shutdown defense, so, which I could, I could easily see the Bucks go back to playing yeah. the type of defense they were at the start of this year. I, so I'm with Brady because he still makes every now and then he he, he mm-hmm. still makes some really really good throws downfield. Whereas Rodgers, we'll get to Rodgers in a second, isn't even attempting them at this point. Um, the Bucks, it's it's kind of hard to pick one thing that's wrong with the offense because there's a bunch right. of things, and we've talked to no end about the run game and how awful it is, and you know. Uh, I think the the reasons for that awfulness are a little bit complicated and there's a few things. Um, John Ledyard, who covers the Bucks, is a Bucks fan and does a great job. I was DMing with him about it and he talked a little bit about how, you know, they have such a north-south run game, right? It's very old school and they just don't have the linemen. And so he feels like there should be some sort of uh, variation. I don't know, more gap stuff, maybe get the guards and the move a little bit. But as far as Brady himself... You know, I kind of said this last week, but it really jumped out to me watching Carolina. I said he doesn't want to get hit. Anything over two and a half seconds, it can go. Either he's going to throw a dime or he's going to freak out because he doesn't want to get hit. (laughs) That literally is how I feel right now watching him. And I actually think usually he makes the offensive line look better. I actually don't think they're as bad as he seems to believe, if that makes sense. Um, It's just... It, there's outside of the quick game, there's no confidence there and no consistency. And I, but I do think that's more likely to get better because at least he's making the throws. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the answer to the bucks run issue may be more complicated, but I also, I think the answer to the Packers issue with the running game is a little simpler and that they need to put Aaron Rodgers under center. Because Ooh, okay, oh, I can't wait to talk about this. You disagree? No, no, I agree. And I, I was oh yeah because because I was well, okay. Yeah. yeah, I've been. I I just think that it's very difficult to have an effective running game with your quarterback and shotgun if your quarterback's not a run threat. Yeah. So it's it's not something that like shotgun is meant to pass. Like that's the point of shotgun, and nothing else. That's the formation is optimized for for throwing the ball. So. If you don't have, and this goes back to what we were saying about the Bears at the beginning, you need something. You need your thing, your your yeah. infinity stone that you're going to build you around. Jones, dude, your thing is Aaron Jones. Yes. Yeah, so and let's do it. Speed. Yeah, um, let's do okay. it. I'm so glad you said this because I was just um, pulling these numbers after finishing the Commanders game, and I sent them to Orlowski. Let me make sure I have them because they're – okay, so – something that really jumps out to me is the play action game sucks. Last year – the play action game was great. Aaron Rodgers was top five in every metric this year. Uh, and they were running about the same amount, although they didn't in the last game, I think particularly because now he just wants to sit in the gun and like point guard that thing for the same underlying reason, by the way, with Brady, where I just think he doesn't want to get it. But uh, so this year he is 25th. It is bad. 
And I sent this to Dan because I was watching all of the play action passes. So last year, hold on, let me find this. Sorry, I should have put this. I didn't really know we were going to go here. But um, okay, Sorry. last year, they were under center on play action 67% of the time. This year, it's down to just over 40%. Damn. Nice. So you're right. I mean, I, I, I it's just, yeah, I think... Man. Yeah, I think he just wants to sit ah. back there and just pew, 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 pew. And it's not working, man. <laughs> pew, pew. Such a great sound. Also, I don't need your stupid numbers to know I'm right. <laughs> I knew I was right when I started talking. Yeah, just like when like I said the Bears were having a throwaway year. I was right about that, too. But doesn't it feel good, though, when you make a nah. point and then somebody gives oh, you yeah. it? That's it. I oh, it feels so great. <laughs> I appreciate so that. It feels so great. Because I, I, I was nervous if you, if you rewind it and play it back. I was nervous. She's like, I just looked at some numbers. I was like, oh, shit, these numbers are going to make me look stupid, aren't they? <laughs> so thank like, you for having the numbers make me sound like I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just gross, dude. Like, I, so I also, pew, pew, pew. in the Commanders game, um, over 75% of the passes were flats, slants, and screens. Like, there's, no, there's just nothing. There's no verticality to this offense right now. And... I think what makes me more concerned about him versus Brady is he ain't throwing. It, it, he they don't look good. Granted, yeah. I'm sure a lot of it has to do with the communication with the wide receivers. Obviously, they have some horrendous drops. That's we'll see if that gets better. But like he he clearly does not want to throw those balls right now, and yeah. it's a problem. He was outplayed by the Heine man, which <laughs> brings us to our winner. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Mina Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Mina Show, M-I-N-A-S-H-O-W. As you guys know, NFL teams can make mistakes when it comes to spending money. For example, cover years, Broncos fans. Russell Wilson has a $53 million cap hit this year. <laughs> but uh, unlike the uh, Walton family, I'm guessing people listening to this podcast don't have millions to spend. Maybe some of you do. I don't know. Get at me. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and they decided to do something better. They found their own way to make a beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. They have customizable delivery options for scheduled refills as low as $2, which is half of what you pay for big brands. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best does not mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash M-I-N-A. That's harrys.com slash Mina for a $3 trial set. Let's go. The Commanders. Actually, it should just it should just be Terry McLaurin. 
because oh, yes, that man yes. was even, insane. Yes. Dude, he is so good. Yeah, Jair Alexander oh, was outstanding. One. He was in great coverage of the entire game. And oh. somehow, Scary Terry was taking the ball from him all the time. It was like, it was incredible. And I, I would love to c- celebrate um, Taylor Heineke. And he did play well enough. <laughs> However, okay. the biggest plays that he made were because Terry McLaurin was Terry like, somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I just want Terry McLaurin to have a good quarterback, man, because he's so oh, good. He's such a good he's, football player. Oh my gosh, he is. Yeah, he's uh, incredible. Um, it was great. They, I mean, they ran the ball well. They did everything that. Did that uh, you want your team to do against uh, the Packers. <laughs> and when you have a quarterback who's who's not great, which oh my God. they have two of them. And their their defense, too, was just squatting on Green Bay. <laughs> they were like, oh, you're not going to throw it down field. All right, we're just going <laughs> to. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel like that's got to be, a, obviously, it's a, a, a big win for them. And. We'll see with Heineke. I mean, how long is Wentz out? I think it's just like a few weeks or something. He they IR'd him, so yeah, so that's four weeks you know, right, at least. Do we, I, I kind of wanted to see Sam Howell just because he was good in the preseason. I kind of feel like we know who Heineke is. You know, he's yeah. doesn't have the strongest arm. He's going to make plays with his legs. He's aggressive, which is fun, but he's going to turn the ball over. You saw it all on display. Um, will it be enough to save jobs in Washington? We'll see. But yeah, Terry, I was, I'm a little disappointed because in your first email, you said dolphins for winter. And I think you've had the dolphins as a topic literally every week since we've done that. So I was going to make fun of you for seemingly only watching uh, the dolphins, but. Oh man, but I switched it. So now, huh? You did no dolphins it. talk. Yeah. I mean, the dolphins have been really interesting, I guess is the best word. They are a very they, interesting team. They've yeah. been, I mean, they started the season really great and then whatever happens, uh, not whatever happens, then a quarterback gets concussed and and they pull it back together. I don't know, just interesting. It was nice. I, I guess I just wanted to celebrate that Tua went out there and walked off the field under his own power and that was a nice thing to see happen. Although I was like very I dumbfounded. The, the first drive, he's trying to run over linebackers. I, I what the it. hell? I hate it. Uh, I know. I know. It was not fun to watch. Yeah. Um, the uh, first drive, up, though, not me. The first drive, McDaniels on that first drive. Oh. Good Lord. Or yeah. McDaniel. God, I was going to say. Just, oh my God. He just ate them for lunch. But um, yeah, it's a good one. All right. Dominique. Check him out on the Dominique Foxworth show. Comes out twice a week, sometimes more. Sometimes they're bonus episodes. You one upping me with these bonus episodes. Yeah, I'm being dumb, is what I am, because then they no longer become bonus episodes. <laughs> I didn't do one this week for that purpose to, to let the people know. Not the not the listeners, but the ESPNers. These are bonuses. <laughs> I'll see you next week in person. Bye. Oh yeah, sorry about that. I'm not what? <laughs>